When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The NFL Draft is now officially open. This is draft season. We're here in Mobile, Alabama, just before the final day of practice between the American and national teams. John Schmelk, Tony Pauline with you. We'll give you a little bit of a shorter episode today, and then we'll recap the games and everything last week, and we'll talk about some Shrine Bowl practices that Tony was at in Las Vegas as well. Hope you guys are doing well out there. Uh, It's been fun down here so far. We had uh, the first day here was about 85 degrees and sunny, where 90% of the very pale folk attending this all got sunburned, including me. (laughs) It was not fun. And then we were back to our normal rainy, cloudy, and uh, general, you know, dreariness in the, you know, 60s with a little bit of rain. But that's what we're used to in Mobile, so that was good. Tony, it's good to see you, man. Mm-hmm. I guess we can start here with, with Shrine, right? Um, you were in Vegas before you got here in Mobile. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch any of the practice tape yet, so we're going to rely on you here. What did you see uh, at Shrine that, that really jumped out at you? Well, I think the first thing is the best quarterback in any of these games was at the Shrine Bowl, and that was Aiden O'Connell of Purdue. I mean, because, you know, we'll probably talk about the senior bowl quarterbacks, but Aiden O'Connell played relatively well. Uh, didn't have the knockout week that I was expecting or I'd hope, but he he, was, he, ba- he established himself as a leader and he's got a big-time arm. I think when you look at it, there were three cornerbacks who really stood out at trying game practice. Miles Brook of Louisiana Tech, Terrell Smith of Minnesota, Cottrell Clark of Louisville. Cottrell Clark was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, one of the receivers who did well last week was A.T. Perry of Wake Forest. Cheryl Clark was the only cornerback who could stop A.T. Perry. He was making plays in man. He was making plays backed off the line of scrimmage. And he made plays each day, all three days of practice. So I think Cottrell Clark really left the Shrine game with an improved draft grade. Terrell Smith is somebody who wasn't even on the scouts' radar prior to the season. He's a track and field athlete who was developing into a cornerback, and as the week went on, he progressed, and I think he leaves with improved draft grades. Miles Brook of Louisiana Tech, I had been writing about him since October. Uh, he was good all week long. I mean, from the from the first day of practice through the last day, he was making plays, and he showed a lot of leadership too. I mean, he was out there uh, really uh, – cheering on his teammates, helping guys, uh, so that works. So I think those three cornerbacks really stood out. Some offensive players as well. <laughs> Sorry. Some offensive players as well. I mean, Demario Douglas, uh, the small wide receiver from Liberty. Everybody was talking about Zay Flowers, and Zay Flowers, from the receiver from Boston College, practiced one day. Demario Douglas practiced three days, and nobody could cover him. I mean, he, was, his, he ran quick 
precise, sharp routes where, where he separated from opponents. He had a burst of speed. He was basically a poor man's version of Zay Flowers. And I think Demario Douglas is uh, from Liberty is a guy who left the Shrine game with really improved draft grades. You mentioned Flowers only practiced one day. In the one day of practice, what did you see from him? He was good. And even that one day of practice, he didn't take reps all the time. I mean, he was sparingly taking reps. But when he was at the line of scrimmage, nobody could cover him. I mean, his his route running is crisp and sharp, and he separates. He catches the ball very well. He was out at practice all three days, but he was only dressed for practice for one day. Uh, showed a decent burst of speed. You know, he knows he's got it going on. There's no doubt about it. You could see that he's confident and that he's looking forward to the next level. And I think part of the uh, the value of being there is the fact that all 32 teams on hand got to interview him. Yeah, no question about it. Very valuable. Some people have projected him as a first-round pick, which I think in a normal wide receiver year, a guy at that size, I think he measured, what, like 5'9", 180, something like that, right? Um I feel like that's not typical. So just what, what what's your thought of thoughts on him as an overall prospect and kind of where he would fit in this class and also in a normal wide receiver year? Well, I think a lot will depend on how he runs at the combine and his testing marks at the combine. I interviewed him, and he told me he expects to run in the four threes. Now, I would agree with you in the sense that if you go in the past two receiver drafts, past three receiver drafts, he's probably a early to mid-second round choice. But the receiver position is up for grabs now. You know, you got Quinton Johnston of TCU, who is a big athletic, you know, athlete at the receiver position, but he's not polished. And then you have Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers, who are very polished at their craft. So it's a matter of, you know, Zay Flowers, he's going to have limitations because of his size and the scheme. If he's a good fit for your system, you may consider taking him at the bottom half of round one. Interesting. And we'll obviously talk more about the wide receivers as we go along here. Anyone else from Shrine, Tony, that you want to mention before we jump over to the Senior Bowl? Yeah, Anthony Orgy was a linebacker from Vanderbilt. I mean, he looks the part. He looks the part. He's a big, stout guy, and he played very well. Uh, Deshaun Johnson, Deshaun Johnson of uh, Toledo, is a guy that we talked about with Eric Galco when we did the preview of this game. Uh, some of the offensive linemen told me that he was the toughest guy to block all week because he's so quick and he's explosive. Casimir Allen, the running back from UCLA, a smaller guy, but he was sort of like the receiver version of Zay Flowers, if you will, because he's so quick. He's got such great footwork. He was able to make defenders miss, bounce around piles. A lot of teams don't know what position Casimir Allen's going to play at the next level, and he played running back most of the week. But he also took some reps at the receiver spot because some teams project him as a receiver, also a good return specialist, so I think he helped himself. And obviously uh, the Shrine game is being played on Thursday night. That's a little bit later today, the day we're recording. You could be listening to this potentially after the Shrine game has been played. We will review the Shrine game itself and the Senior Bowl game itself on next week's episode, but we're going to talk about the practices a little bit this week. All right, Tony, let's jump over to the Senior Bowl here in Mobile, and we were just talking about the wide receivers and Zay Flowers, so I guess we can start there. Who are some of the guys there that, that really jumped out at you? Um, I know Nathaniel Dell is a guy that you're a big fan of. I thought Jaden Reed out of Michigan State had a really nice week, too. Talk about those guys and anyone else at wide receiver that, that you think really helped themselves. Well, you know, we talk about Zay Flowers and Shrine and, and his projection. I mean, no one's been able to cover Tank Reed this week, uh, Nathaniel Dell. Uh, no one's been able to cover uh, – I'm all over the place. No one's been able to cover Nathaniel Tank Dell this week. I mean, from day one, uh, you know, they can't cover him in or out of routes. 
when he's open and when he's in space, he's got a burst of speed. He's constantly taking it downfield. He's done a great job catching the ball. He was good on Tuesday. He was better on Wednesday. I think the only blip in his game was they had him return punts and he dropped the two punts that he was supposed to field. That was the only bad portion. But, you know, as I put it, put it on Twitter yesterday, nobody, and I mean nobody, has been able to cover uh, Tank Dell here. Yeah, and just to bring up so fans understand, uh, Nathaniel Tank Dell at a Houston wide receiver, just 5'8 and 163 pounds. We talked about Zay Jones's size. Well, 163, that's going to raise a lot of big red flags for some NFL teams. You know, it will, but the fact is this. you you got to put him in a system where you line him up in the slot, you back him up off the line of scrimmage, you get him off of press coverage, and if he gets a, you know, a running start on defenders, he's going to be tough to cover. Now, you know, you don't want to put him in traffic because he's going to get pounded. Uh, but, you know, listen, I, I mean, we're in a day and age where, you know, quarterbacks that are six foot or maybe five eleven and a half are going with the first pick of the draft. And 10 years ago, you never would have thought that's possible. And it's not so much about the six foot four receiver anymore. It's about the guy that can get separation through his routes, which is what Dell does. Yeah, why don't we stick with the American team since you're on Dell here. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, Tony, a guy that, that made a couple of wild plays and a couple other times had, had, had trouble getting open, to be quite honest with you. Um, a couple of the guys, I thought uh, Rashi Rice had had a nice first day. The second day I went back and I rewatched the one-on-ones, the guys were holding him left and right, and he just had trouble separating, but I don't think it was his fault because he was just getting grabbed. They kept pulling his jersey um, at that wide receiver spot. And uh, then Xavier Hutchinson, and I think... What we knew about Xavier Hutchinson coming into this, Tony, is kind of what we've seen. He's a crafty wide receiver. He's got good length. He's got good hands. But that burst and pull-away speed, I'm not sure you see that on a consistent play-by-play basis. Because he doesn't have it. I I mean, he's not going to go to the combine and run the 4-3 like Zay Flowers is saying he's going to do. But, you know, he knows how to get open, and he gets uh, gets – consistently catches the ball you may, you mentioned Octavian Wicks of Virginia and I agree with you I mean there were some times where you're like wow if he could do that consistently this guy is a day two pick but that would that's his MO I mean that's what it was last year at Virginia they had uh, quarterback issues there but he was never consistently productive I do think that we've seen some good things from the uh, hometown guy Jalen Wayne here who was made a lot of nice receptions you know more of your Xavier Hutchinson type of intermediate possession receiver not a guy that's going to stretch the field but a guy that gets up and competes to come away with the reception yeah he did make a couple plays I also bring up a local guy uh, Andre Yeshivas out of Princeton um, he showed pull away speed the one thing that, that that kind of stuck with me though I watched some of his get offs at the line of scrimmage his acceleration is not great I, th- I feel like he's one of these build up guys that, that needs a little bit of a runway to get to that full speed or he needs to learn to do it because he was a 60 meter champion indoor track and field champion he's actually a heptathlete and a decathlon uh, guy I, I spoke with his dad at length yesterday we talked about his uh, athletic history getting into the decathlon and then moving to football I think with, uh, with him it's just a matter of learning to use that speed. He's got to get off the line quicker. He's got to basically come out of the blocks quick as he would in the 60 meters. And he's got to become a much better route runner. Yeah, 100%. Let's jump to the national team, Tony. I didn't think you had quite the the group of wide receivers on the national team as we did on the American team. Uh, Ronnie Bell out of Michigan had some moments, but I don't think anything that that really necessarily wows you. Um, Elijah Higgins, he's 228. A lot of NFL teams see him as a move tight end. We talked about that with uh, Jim Nagy in our preview of the uh, Senior Bowl. 
last week. And, you know, nobody at wide receiver to me for the national team really kind of jumped out, though. Jaden Reed was somebody I wasn't that familiar with from Michigan State. He's 5'10", 191. I thought of all the guys on, on this roster, I thought he was separating pretty consistently, could win across the field, get in and out of his breaks well, could win over the top. I thought he really did well for himself out of Michigan State. And I believe the data showed that he was one of the fastest, if not the fastest receiver on the field, which is surprising because you would have thought it was uh, Tank Dell. But yeah, Reed was... He looks like the finished product. He looks like the polished uh, receiver. Ran good routes, consistently caught the ball, plays with excellent balance and body control. He tracks the pass in the air, got vertical, and was able to contort and use the sidelines well to come away with the reception. I think Michael Wilson of Stanford has also had a lot of good moments here. Really good route runner. I, I mean, not Tank Dell, but close to Jaden Reed and that he get, he separates from, from routes. And, you know, everybody likes to talk about the receiver that runs the four threes. NFL teams here want to see those guys that can run those routes and, and get separation through the routes because that's just as important because you're not consistently throwing the ball 30, 40 yards down the field in the NFL as, com- as a, uh, compared to the number of times you're running eight-yard routes or six-yard routes or 10-yard routes, and you need to separate from uh, defenders, and that's what Jaden Reed and Michael Wilson have been able to do the past two days. All right, let's jump over here and now talk a little bit about the cornerbacks. These are the guys trying to cover these wide receivers. And obviously, these one-on-ones is not an ideal position for these cornerbacks to be in. It's very difficult. You have two-way goes usually, and it's just very difficult for these guys to stay with them with all that open field and no help over the top, which often is not the case when you're playing corner uh, in the National Football League or in college for that matter. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, uh, I'll bring a couple guys from the national team. We'll start there first, Tony. Um, I thought Caio Blue Kelly out of Stanford's played well. He had an interception. He jumped a couple routes, came up with one pick, uh, 6'1", 193 out of Stanford. Riley Moss, we talked about him last week with Jim Nagy, 6'192". He showed his speed. Uh, I think he tracked as the fastest cornerback, or at least in one of the days at practice. I thought he had very good coverage, especially on go routes down the sideline. And for the national team, those are really the two guys to me that uh, that jumped out as much, uh, jumped out a lot because of their play. Well, first, Kai Blue, Kai Blue Kelly of Stanford, it's kind of ironic because when I watched him in drills and the one-on-ones, he was getting torched. It was during scrimmage where he really stood out. I believe he had two interceptions uh, in seven-on-seven in full scrimmage. And there were a lot of people in the league that like him. I know that we're talking about corners. I'm going to throw some safeties in here. And Sidney Brown of Illinois was out of sight. I mean, Sidney Brown showed cornerback-type ball skills yesterday. He, Sidney Brown, if you watch him from Illinois, he's a fun guy to watch because he's a smaller guy at five, uh, five foot ten inches, but he, he fl- flies around the field, and he basically sacrifices his body to make the tackle. Yesterday, we saw outstanding ball skills from Sidney Brown in, in one-on-ones. He, he looked like he would not be a liability if you line him up over the slot receiver and that's worth its weight in gold here. I mean, if you can show cover skills like that in one-on-ones here, and you're a safety because these safeties are usually getting torched in those one-on-one drills, Sidney Brown looked like, you know, he was a natural at it, so he really helped himself. 
Yeah, and I think we saw the same, and I'll jump to the American team now, Tony. Christopher Smith out of Georgia. Uh, you know, he's a safety. He's only 5'10", 188, so you expect he has really good movement skills, and he did. You know, the first day he was doing one-on-ones against tight ends and running backs, and they had no chance against him. And then he lined up against wide receivers on Wednesday on day two, and I thought he did a really good job covering them as well. Uh, Jamie Robinson, the safety out of Florida State, same deal. He covered some wide receivers um, on day two of practice at 5'10", 194. And, and those are two guys where, you know, you have that kind of star position now in the NFL now it's kind of come up from college a little bit where the safety that, that that's also going to kind of play cover corner for you and step up in the slot I think those two guys really fit that bill well yeah uh, Smith is one of my uh I'm sorry uh, uh, uh Smith is one of my favorite DBs I, I've thought all along he's very underrated he's a good run defender he showed good ball skills the past two years he showed them here I think when it comes to a uh, Christopher Smith of uh, Georgia it's going to come down to his 40 time how fast he runs. Can he get in the high four fours, the low five, uh, low four fives? Uh, he needs to do that. You know, we talked about Dontavian Wicks and the inconsistency. If there was a Dontavian Wicks at the defensive back spot, it's Tyreek Stevenson of Miami because there are times he physically, he looks very impressive. He's long, he's athletic, he's lean, he's explosive. And occasionally he makes some outstanding plays. But as, as you've said the past couple plays in practice, his technique is all over the place and he gets very sloppy. And then there are times when he should make plays. He gets beat and you wonder, you know, what's going on. Yeah, and I'll throw a couple of the guys out, too. I thought Julius Brents had a great first day, and I thought yesterday I went back and I rewatched the one-on-ones. He had a couple of rough reps on Wednesday, so I want to see how he bounces back uh, in practice today. But he's 6'3". He's got good movement skills. I think teams are going to fall in love with his traits a lot. And then a guy that I wasn't familiar with, Tony, before we got here is Darius Rush, the defensive back out of South Carolina. He had an interception over the course of the first two days, and I thought he's frankly covered pretty well in those tough one-on-one situations as well. Yeah, he has. He's had his moments. I also like uh, what Chamari Connor of Virginia Tech has done at times. I mean, Virginia Tech, the, the program's been down the past couple of years, but he's had a few uh, situations, a few plays in both one-on-ones and scrimmage where Connor of, of Virginia Tech, Chamari Connor, stood out. He's got real good size, six foot, 205 pounds. You know, you mentioned Julius Brents, and that's his game. I mean, he is a long, athletic, physical corner that's going to blow people away at the combine. He looks great on the hoof. There are times when he's able to shut down opponents, but as we saw a couple times yesterday, even in the Big 12 title game, there are other times where he's getting torched. So, you know, he's a good athlete who really has to develop into a full-time cornerback. All right, let's uh, kind of move from the smaller guys now to the bigger guys. We'll get to the guys up front last. Let's talk a little bit about the running backs here because I thought this was a really good running back group, Tony. Roshan Johnson, unfortunately, he had to leave after the first day of practice with a hand injury. Six foot two twenty five. he showed his power, his ability to run the football. I thought he looked really good uh, when he had a chance. Chase Brown, 5'9", 215. I thought he did a really nice job showing off his ability. And again, it, it, it's, it's really tough with, with, with running backs here. But I thought the two guys on the American team were the ones that, that really – stood out to me, and you can bring up any of these guys you want. You know, Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, he left the first practice with a cramp, came back second day, looked great, Rat running was excellent, had a big run up the middle. And then for me, the, the star, I think maybe the guy that's impressed me the most has been Tajay Spears. Like we, we know from the film what he can do, but to see it up close and personal, the quickness, the burst, the pull-away speed, throw on top of that division, he just gets through the line really quick. I think Tajay Spears, you know, has secured himself as as a 
at worst, early third round, probably second round pick. And if he's in a timeshare, he's going to be a really explosive player on the next level. Yeah, you look at his hand size, two 10-inch hands, and he's a good receiver out of the backfield. Those 10-inch hands make catching the ball very easy. Listen, Tajay Spears has proven he's here he's the real deal. It's not that he was playing in the American Athletic Conference and he was beating up on lesser competition. Because you mentioned the burst, the quickness, and speed. I also love the vision. The patience. He's not a guy that just takes off a field. You could see him, you know, when when the ball's handed off for him, he's waiting for his blocks to develop. He's finding the hole. As I said, you know, he's a shorter guy at five uh, five nine and a half. And what happens is sometimes he's get lost. He gets lost behind his lineman, and he runs with great with great technique. He runs with good lean, as they say. He runs behind his pads, which when he gets tackled, he falls forward. But yeah, Tajay Spears has definitely proven that he is the real deal. Uh, while he's here, there was one other running back. Uh, I thought I've seen Evan Hull of Northwestern has had his moments yep. here. Uh, you know, he was huge production at Northwestern. Another smart guy. He's a little bit bigger, 214 pounds, but he sees the hole and he gets through it with authority. I thought he's done well. Yeah, I thought Eric Gray, too, from Oklahoma has had a couple of nice runs, too. And uh, the one guy Tajay Spears reminds me a little bit of, I don't think he has quite as the power, was the running back last year out of Michigan State, who was kind of also low to the ground, similar build. Uh, I think they have a couple things that might be in common there. Those Spears, as you mentioned, a, uh, a better receiver. Tight ends, Tony. I'll, I'll go with Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, 6'5", 255. Jim Nagy mentioned last week he thought he'd be a big riser. This is really the first football he's played. He's been rehabbing a knee injury. He suffered back in September, and I do think we see some rust there in terms of what he's trying to do. But the size, the ability to separate, I mean, you see all the traits you want out of one of these big-time tight ends. Another guy with big hands, 10-and-a-half-inch hands, and, you know, that that's something to look at. He's also got 32-and-a-half-inch long arms, which is good for a tight end. But, you know, you mentioned he's, he uh, he hasn't played a lot of football this year because he was injured, and there were a couple of people who said to me, yeah, he looks good, but, he, but the fact is he looks like he's injured. And I think the fact that, you know, you see so many guys pull out of these games, yeah. and here's Luke, Luke Musgrave obviously performing under 100%, but he wants to perform, and he's performing well. I mean, you can see this guy's an athlete, and I've been told he's going to blow up the combine at the tight end position, and let's go back to what we talked about. There are some people who believe that Michael Mayer of Notre Dame won't be the first tight end taken. It could be Luke Musgrave. I think that Jim Nagy also told us that uh, when, we, when we spoke to him. And Musgrave has shown a lot of ability this week and a lot of toughness. Yeah, and I talked to Musgrave, and he said, look, I've just been dying to play football. I wanted to go out there and play. That's why he works hard to get back to your point, Tony. It shows that he really loves the game. Uh, any other tight ends? I know you were watching the uh, tight end out of uh, Miami, Mallory, I think, as well as some other guys. Yeah, Mallory's been up and down. I mean, he's a try-hard guy, but he's dropped two, He's dropped a few passes where he should have caught him. I think uh, Davis Allen of uh, Clemson has caught the ball really well. I mean, he's not a downfield tight end. He's your traditional three-down blocker, intermediate pa- uh, intermediate pass catcher. I watched Payne Durham yesterday, and he was dominant in uh, blocking drills. I mean, he was he would stun the opponents, uh, the linebackers, and you could see they had to shake it off after they got pounded by Durham. And he catches the ball well. The only thing is, is you know, he's a guy who's probably going to run four eight five. So he's a number two, number three tight end at the next level. He's not going to get down the field 25, 30 yards on a consistent basis, which is what the teams want these days, which means he's going to be a later round pick, but he'll probably have a 10-year career in the NFL. 
All right, let's go to our off-ball linebackers, Tony. Uh, D. Winters had an interception the other day. He got matched up a couple times. I rewatched the one-on-ones today, uh, one-on-one with uh, Tajay Spears in coverage, and he stuck with him a couple times. I was really impressed by that 5'10", 223, little undersized, but I thought he showed really good movement skills throughout. Any other linebackers really jump out to you? Yeah, uh, Hen- uh, Diane Henley of Washington State, was outstanding. He's outstanding in coverage drills. He's staying downfield uh, 25, 30 yards with running backs and tight ends, showing good ball skills, not just running, you know, running down and, and face guarding these guys and getting his hands up crazy. No, he gets his hips around. He gets his head around. He tracks the pass in the air. I thought he's done very well. The Marvian Overshore has shown things on occasion. Ivan Pace flashes ability, but he just can't finish the play, which is a little bit disappointing. Really haven't seen too much of Nick Hampton uh, this week. It really hasn't stood out, which is uh, a bit surprising because teams like him so much. You know, Will McDonald, we talked about him with Jim Nagy uh, beforehand. He's played both linebacker and defensive end. I think he's looked much better moving up the field oh, yeah. than moving in reverse. Which and by the way, Tony, I think he's been the best edge rusher out there. Oh, he's, he's the best athlete here without uh, of the of those front guys, you know. But the thing is, you know, Will McDonald, six three and a half, two hundred forty one pounds. How's he going to hold up against the run? So, incredibly athletic, long arms, thirty five inch long arms. Uh, but again, he's got to add some more versatility to his game because he, he can't just rush, uh, uh, rush wide uh, angles. Uh, on Sunday, that's not going to work. All right, let's go to the edge rushers. I think McDonald's the uh, the perfect transition there, Tony. You know, Isaiah Foskey, he's that double, back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. I like to see a guy like that that has a lot of production and is a senior and has played a lot of football. I want to see him be dominant in, in a practice situation like this. I have not seen that. Um, that's been a little bit disappointing for me. And then, you know, you have a lot of these kind of tweener you know, smaller linebacker like Isaiah Land is one of these guys that has done a little bit in the edge. But even against bigger tackles, you know, he has not really won on the edge consistently. You know, I, I really think, for me at least, this has been a little bit of a, bit of a disappointing defensive end edge class. I have not seen guys out there really dominating against some of these offensive tackles. I, I think in part that's because the offensive tackles have actually played well here. So I think K.J. Henry of Clemson, who kind of falls under the radar because Clemson has so much talent there, I think he's done very very well. Keon White, although he's not a pure edge rusher of Georgia Tech, maybe we're talking about the defensive ends. I thought he's done well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, even the, the kid from Tennessee, Byron Young, he's been spotty. Ali Gay of LSU, really haven't seen him show up. Derek Hall of Auburn. I, I mean, they pretty much see Dylan Horton of TCU, I thought looked good defending the run. Uh, we know he's a pass rusher. We saw it against during the season. We saw it against Michigan. A couple, and the, the question was, how's he going to hold up against the run? I saw him go up against a couple of really good, uh, really big defensive tackles, able to hold his ground, slide off, and make plays against the run. But yeah, there's not been a lot of pass rush potential here or pass rush production here that uh, teams would hope to see. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, Horton had a couple of rushes, I thought, on day one that were pretty good. But on day two, he was quiet. Um, and you mentioned White. I think I agree. I think he's been probably one of the better defensive ends in this group, too. How about the guys inside? 
Well, I, I mean, I think the guy who really stood out for me is someone who plays inside and outside, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. That's the Northwestern kid. He's known as Tommy. Uh, go ahead. If you want to say his name, good luck. I'm going to give it a shot here. God bless me. I have not tried this at all. Adetamiwa Adabaware. There you go. And I'll just call him Tommy because that's what they call him. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he was rejected to be 270 pounds. He came in at 284 pounds. He was unstoppable yesterday. I, I mean, there were a lot of plays where the crowd would react and you would look, and there he was making another play behind the line of scrimmage or, or just uh, uh, defend, uh, or just annihilating the opponent, and he has really helped himself here. I think the other guy that scouts are raving about and he's constantly blowing past the opponent's uh, uh, snap after snap in, uh, in – um, uh, one-on-ones as well as scrimmage is Anton Benton of uh, Keanu Benton of uh, Wisconsin. I mean, he's been all over the place. He's explosive. He's athletic. Uh, he's annihilated one-on-one blocking. He had a bit of a disappointing senior season. And when I asked, you know, what the situation was, I was told, well, the scheme at Wisconsin, Wisconsin asked him to occupy the gaps rather than make plays. And here we are at the senior ball. He's allowed to make plays, and he's gotten good production. He's getting good results. He has really helped himself. There are some people who say he could slide into the late first round. I don't think he's a first rounder, but it's not a great defensive tackle class. It's a priority position come NFL draft time. So it's one of those situations where you know he could slide into the late part if a team 31, uh, 30, 31, 32 is looking for a defensive tackle. Yeah, and, and you know, I think another guy, um, Redmond, the kid out of Oklahoma, he's a smaller defensive tackle. He's shown some good bursts getting up the field uh, from time to time. But look, I think your point when I asked about the pass rushers is accurate. I think for the most part, and I think it's a credit to the group because they're at a disadvantage in these drills, I think the offensive linemen have come out on top in these one-on-ones. I think they've been better than the defensive linemen for the most part. So let's go there at offensive tackle, Tony. And, you know, and actually, you know, I'm going to start with the versatile guys because I think, you know, we've seen Jim Nagy and these two coaching staffs do a great job of moving guys around, right? They've put guys in different spots to give scouts an idea. All right, well, is he a tackler or is he a guard? And I'll throw some names out there. You can go whatever direction you want. Uh, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse has been tackle, play guard. He's done a really nice job. Uh, Cody Mock out of North Dakota State has moved all over the line, including center, by the way. I think he's done a nice job. Steve Avila out of TCU, he's played both sides at guard. He had some snaps at center yesterday. I thought he did a really nice job. So uh, Osiris Torrance, he's played right guard and left guard. I think he's been good. So I think these guys that have shown to be versatile players that can play maybe a little bit of tackle, but maybe more both guard spots and center have really been the star so far early in these practices. And one guy that you left out there is Emil Echior of Alabama, who's a guard who Who's taking the majority of, of his snaps at center and he's looked really good at it. Now, I, I spoke with his team yesterday and I said he's got to improve his shotgun snaps because the, the ball's not coming back cleanly to the uh, quarterback at a good angle. But I mean, he's a guy who's played guard all his career at uh, Alabama, just recently moved to center after the season and he's played exceptionally well. We've seen the uh, McClendon Curtis, who's played both guard spots and he's been dominant at guard. They kicked him out to tackle. It didn't work out, but you know uh, he's played. He's been fantastic at uh, offensive guard. I think Asim Richards, the former uh, North Carolina left tackle, has had his moments, but he's also had his struggles at guard. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean that's you want to see that versatility to, to move around. You want to see what guys can and can't do, and I think we've gotten a lot of it here. I think uh, John Michael Schmitz yeah. has solely played center, but he's done a terrific job at it. I mean he is smart. 
He is strong. He is intense. You could see him quarterbacking the offensive line and making the calls. There was one play yesterday when the American team was running through the two-minute drill where Schmitz got 20, 25 yards downfield and just annihilated the uh, the linebacker uh, to basically uh, open up the, the lane so the wide receiver could pick up extra yards. It was a thing of beauty to watch. Yeah, no question about it. And then... Before we say goodbye, Tony, uh, I think some of the offensive tackles, kind of the straight-up guys, have uh, done a good job as well. Uh, the right kid out of Tennessee, I think, has been pretty good. He's a guy that kind of jumped out at me. Who are some of the offensive tackles that you think have done a nice job? Well, you got to start with Dewan Jones, who was, I guess, basically one and done. I mean, he had a phenomenal practice on Tuesday at right tackle. Phenomenal in the sense that 6'8", 375 pounds, 36-and-a-half-inch arms, he showed much better footwork and the ability to slide and the ability to ha- handle speed rushers than anyone would have ever thought. There's no doubt about it. And now everyone is in love with uh, Dewan Jones. And, uh, you know, understandably so because he was that good. And it's not just he was blowing people off the ball. We know he can blow people off the ball, but it's the ability to slide off the edge and, and get the, get his arms into speed rushers and, and shut them down. At 6'8 and 370, by the way. Which is what he did. So, you know, and... I guess he he took his winnings and then he left because uh, I don't think we're you know he wasn't on the field on Wednesday I don't think we're gonna see him on Thursday he's probably not gonna play in the game so uh, I, I guess he's you know he was happy with that I also think Jalen Duncan has done a terrific job at left tackle and this is something we knew about Jalen Duncan very athletic very mobile terrific footwork six five and a half two hundred ninety eight pounds a little bit slim. 33 and a half inch arms. You wish they were more towards 34 inches. They moved them to right tackle yesterday when because DeWan Jones was out. He had a couple good reps. There were times where he got run over. So you know that uh, Jalen Duncan is specifically a left tackle, pass blocking left tackle. He's a zone. He's a zone scheme type of locker. There may be some teams that uh, want to move him inside the guard, but, you know, he's done so well at left tackle. I think it's a situation where you're going to put him at left tackle until he fails and proves that he can't play left tackle in the NFL. I think he has cemented himself as a day two selection. Agreed. I think it's been a fun couple of days of practice. We'll have more again on the game uh, and, of course, the Shrine Bowl game as well on our episode next week on draft season. Uh, we are right now in, in Tony's Airbnb. We're going to be heading out to practice shortly uh, for Thursday, and we can cover, obviously, Thursday practice in uh, next week's episode as well. Uh, make sure you go to Giants.com, by the way, even if you're in a, you know, you remember this is a draft podcast and not a Giants podcast, but if you go to Giants.com, you have my two practice reports up there. Tony, where can they can find your practice reports as well and everything you've been doing from the Senior Bowl? Pro Football Network. Uh, I've got all the risers there, practice reports, all the uh, news, which I know i got a target on my back for some of the things I've been posting, but lots of fun stuff there uh, and there's also some videos up there as well Tony's got his hoodie he'll be incognito or practice today so nobody finds him it's okay he's hiding um, <laughs> but again make sure you check out all the content and uh, make sure you go to the Giants Huddle podcast as well I did a did about 15 two to three minute interviews rapid fire with prospects at the breakfast uh, yesterday make sure you go check that out in the Giants Huddle podcast if you haven't and then uh, on tomorrow's Giants Huddle we'll have one of my favorites uh, Dane Brugler joining me to talk about the Senior Bowl as well so for Tony Pauline I'm John Schmelk thanks for being with us now this is truly draft season
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 